helping you live well, stay well, while keeping pace with today's rapidly changing healthcare environment. That's Summit Medical Group. And now it's time for SMG Radio. Here's Melanie Cole. A common condition that causes a great deal of heel pain, plantar fasciitis, affects about 2 million people per year. It's painful, but in most cases can be treated without surgery and non-invasive procedures. My guest today is Dr. Marco Uchaferi, podiatrist with Summit Medical Group, whose expertise includes child, adolescent, and adult foot and ankle medicine, foot and ankle trauma, and reconstructive surgery. Welcome to the show, Dr. Uchaferi. Tell us about plantar fasciitis. What is it? And what what causes it? Because it's such a painful condition that so many people suffer from. Yes, um, plantar fasciitis is a very common disorder of a ligament on the bottom of the foot. And basically, a ligament is a structure that goes from one bone to another bone to create stability to the foot. And this ligament it basically goes from the heel bone to the ball of the foot. <clears throat> and what can happen is it's overuse, <clears throat> um, improper shoe gear. Uh, improper mechanics of the foot um, creates stress on the ligament, which creates pain. And basically, walking on your foot creates continued pain to the area. It just does not let it resolve. So it continues to get inflamed and painful and seems to snowball as time goes on. So how? let's start with some of these causes in a list. How involved are shoes and what you do in causing plantar fasciitis? Well, shoes can definitely cause the issue in the sense of having improper support to the shoe. So if a shoe's an older shoe, um, sometimes shoes are very flat. Uh, shoes that don't have uh, good support um, can create this problem. Even walking barefoot, like a lot of patients will come in and say, well, I'm home, but I'm you know, running here and there. I'm home all day. I mean, you could put miles on your foot with no support, and that can create inflammation to the ligament itself. Now, when you're dealing with this kind of pain, it first starts to come out. What's the first line of defense that you recommend people do? Because it's very specific. You hobble around in the morning. You know, tell us some of the symptoms and what you recommend people do right off the bat when they start to experience them. Sure. Some of the symptoms are usually most commonly associated with getting up first thing in the morning and you start having pain, first weight-bearing onto the foot. And the pain usually subsides as you get going. And the reason that it happens is because you're basically lengthening or stretching out the ligaments to reduce the tightness to it, which makes it feel better. Um, but basically, as you um, continue to walk, it reduces the pain. But it can happen throughout the day, getting out of the car, getting up out of a chair, watching a TV show, getting up out of, off the couch. Um, you get significant pain. Um, and the first few things you can do for this is usually oral uh, anti-inflammatories, such as ibuprofen. Um, you know, resting it, obviously giving a good supportive shoe, putting on a pair of sneakers, which would be very helpful, that are fairly new, um, and also resting and icing it. What about some of those treatments that people see on TV late at night that, that hold your foot in that flexed position to keep it stretched out so you don't have that pain in the morning? Do any of those work, wrapping your feet at night? Some of them do, but when you have an acute inflammation to the area, sometimes stretching the foot, they're, they're called night splints. They're basically a device that you put on your foot to stretch out the ligament itself. Sometimes it actually can create overextension of the ligament, which creates more pain and does not really resolve the issue. Um, taping the foot, supporting the foot, sometimes over-the-counter devices uh, like a Dr. Scholl's insert uh, are helpful first line of defense to aid in getting this to get better. Um, but a lot of times it doesn't it doesn't resolve, and that's when I explain to patients probably get a hold of the physician before it gets much worse. 
Is there a way to prevent plantar fasciitis? Is stretching before, you know, you get out of bed in the morning or stretching before a workout or if you get up from your seat, you know, you've been sitting at work all day and doing some kind of stretches. And if they do work, tell us what those stretches to do are. Yes, definitely stretching is very helpful to prevent issues. Stretching is important for all activities in your lifestyle. You should definitely stretch before and after exercise. Uh, but then the first few steps in the morning, when you, if you are having some discomfort, stretching can be helpful in the, in, in the initial portion of having the pain. Um, and then the stretch basically includes stretching the foot towards uh, the top of your body. So basically you're dorsiflexing the foot. And then you're going to feel the pull on the back of the leg and on the bottom of the foot. And that's how you know you're stretching it correctly. How hard should you stretch? Should you hold a stretch for a while? Do you just move it and dorsiflect it back and forth? How, how, how hard should you do that? It should be enough that you feel the tension on the back of the leg. So that's very, I mean, it's very um, individual to the person. So some patients can really stretch and you feel the pull on the back of the leg. Some patients stretch a little bit and you'll still feel that pull. As long as you feel the pulling, you are definitely doing the stretch. What about arch supports, Dr. Yusufari? Are, are, if people wear orthotics or they put the Spankos or Superfeet in their shoe, does that help to prevent plantar fasciitis or help with the symptoms? Definitely. I explain to patients it does help to prevent plantar fasciitis. And then custom old orthotic is something that is also many times covered by insurance companies. And basically it's a device that supports the ligament so that there's no overworking of the ligament, there's no overstretching of the ligament, which can create damage to it, which causes the pain. Superfee and the Senko inserts are great devices as an interim type of issue. Um, I explain to patients that they're not very custom to your foot, clearly, um, but they can help to take some of the pressure off of it. Even cushioning the foot makes a big difference. When would a plantar fascia injection come into play? When would any other kind of intervention come in when your plantar fascia is bad? Well, usually patients that come to the office have tried multiple types of treatments at home, be it taping or you know, sneakers, over-the-counter inserts, uh, anti-inflammatories, which no resolve, uh, not, with no resolution of the pain. And that's where we go ahead and do an injection of cortisone. The cortisone basically goes into the air and significantly reduces the inflammation, allowing the patient to stretch and be able to tolerate an orthotic, which can help them to resolve most of the pain. How long does it last? Um, hopefully, doing the injection can last indefinitely. Uh, basically, it's based on getting the patient over that threshold of having consistent pain and being able to use an orthotic or sneaker to prevent the problem from reoccurring. So the injections are an adjunct to the, you know, all-around all therapy of getting a patient better with plantar fasciitis, but they're very necessary to reduce that inflammation so the patient can tolerate those other things that we do. And in what situation would it affect other things? If you have plantar fasciitis, Dr. Yusufari, is there, are there other complications, things that are going to start to happen as we look at the base of support, which are our feet, going back up to the knees and the hips and the back if you're hobbling around with pain? Correct. I mean, when patients do have pain with their foot, be it plantar fasciitis or a bunion or hammer toes or some type of deformity, they do compensate and they can get, you know, leg pain, knee pain, hip pain, IT band syndrome. It's typically, basically, your body will compensate for the pain that you're having and will compensate to other joints and therefore kind of move up even to lower back pain. And when that happens, you know that it's pretty bad. Please, in the last few minutes here, give your best advice for listeners who might be suffering from plantar fasciitis and why they should come to Summit Medical Group for their care. Sure. 
Um, I explain to patients all the time. When most patients come in, the first thing they say, and they get better, they say, I wish I didn't wait. The patient's suffering for more than a month with plantar fasciitis. There's no reason why you shouldn't go see the physician. The, it's very, very minimally invasive. Um, pain is very minimal with cortisone injections. So there's a technique to doing injections. A lot of patients are afraid to get an injection, but it is very much a turning point for them to get better. So I explain to patients, try not to be afraid to come in. And we at Summit Medical Group do a very good job at patients who are afraid to get injections or afraid for treatment. And once they get better, they're always saying, why did I wait so long? I should have come in much sooner. Well, it certainly is really good advice. Thank you so much. You're listening to SMG Radio. For more information, you can go to summitmedicalgroup.com. That's summitmedicalgroup.com. This is Melanie Cole. Thanks for listening.